my goals for 2023. Where I really want to spend time though is how we pull them off because I'm a little frustrated with myself and, and how I'm maximizing my time. I'm Jim Huffman and this is If I Was Starting Today, a collection of conversations about half-baked startup ideas, growth tactics, and stories from founders, including my own journey as a business owner. All of the content is centered around one question. What would you do if you were starting today? All right, today's the day. It is December 16th, and I've got Jonathan on the podcast, my my trusted partner. We're going to talk about goals for 2023. And it's funny doing this, looking back at 2022, I was like, man, this is, I don't want to do this because I have these goals. We did not hit some of them, but we have to reflect on them. But Jonathan, before we even do that, you know how I started my day? I'll actually even ask you a question. When was the last time you were in a room with over 10 people and they were all literally laughing at you? Like, when's the last time that happened? Laughing at me has never happened. Maybe fifth grade or something like that. That's probably right. That, that's literally yeah. what what happened. Yeah. I I showed up late to my little workout class. I, I'm like coming in hot. I look very disheveled. And Jeremy, the trainer, is like, "Oh, hey, Jim, glad you're here." I'm like, "Hey." He's like, "All right, pick a number between one and five. I go seven. And everyone starts laughing at me. And I, I literally <laughs> didn't know why. And usually I, I can roll with the punches, but I had a feeling where I'm like, I don't like any of you and I just want to leave. And then I was like, oh, it's one in five, not one in 10. He's like, try again. So I tried to redeem myself and say three. But anyway, I literally hadn't had that feeling since fifth grade of everyone in a room laughing at me for being an idiot. That's funny. So I think I would have left as well. And I just did. That's that's funny. I've never heard that one. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah. So anyway, we we got to we got to build my confidence back up. So here we go. All right. So 2022. Let's look at what we I and I document this in a very stupid way with the blog post. And some of the goals we had for the business were get growth hit to three million ARR. Which, by the way, we were so freaking close. But Q3 did not help. We wanted to get one company in our startup studio to a million dollars. We got one day designed to a hundred thousand. That's almost a million if we had. Zero. We did get the podcast to a hundred episodes, which pretty proud of that. I, I had the goal of doing five angel investments. That was dumb. I decided to really stop angel investments to focus on the studio. I'd rather put resources in there and then get our email list to ten thousand. We we did not hit that. I actually did hit some of my personal goals around family trips, wanting to do at least three, like family trips, we're able to do five, reading four times per week, doing two books. I actually hit, I think, 20 books this past year. However, it's kind of cheating because I do audio books, but that's okay. I still count them in my book. And then doing activities with my kids, like one-on-one activities. I did ballet with my three-year-old, which by the way, if you do ballet with somebody, I highly recommend wearing socks with grippers. If not, you will have people laugh at you for (laughs) sliding on the floor. And then I did basketball with my five-year-old. So that was fun. Even though we had to take breaks for snacks every seven minutes, it was a blast. And then I went on two dates per month with my wife. That way we are still actually like dating and not just roommates when you have kids. So I don't know, man. I think the the, the personal ones I did well on, but I think it's because those can be a little bit more habitual and I can calendar those out. 
the ones with the business, it's easy to just write down these numbers and then forget about them. And I think that's where where I failed on those. But but what about you with our business goals or even your personal goals for 2022? So I think at the start of 2022, and it's still can't believe the entire year is over pretty much, the two big goals that I had, and obviously there are bigger goals than these, but the ones that I had kept in mind, wanted to accomplish by the end of the year was get a blue belt in jujitsu, something at that point I just recently started and was very passionate about, and then get engaged, not married, but get engaged. And those two things did not happen. <laughs> I am actually getting that blue belt, I believe, the first week of January. So I'm missing it by a week. Oh, well, so hey, that's pretty. But by there. the way, that that little that that 90 pound lady that choked you out, is she a potential suitor? Because you could kind of do two birds, one stone right there. <laughs> not at all. She's been doing it for eight years, half my size, ridiculously skilled. And she's a testament to the sport. So, yeah. And um, it sounds like a nice might... meet cute. That's a good meet cute in a rom-com, her choking you out. And then you go get, <laughs> I don't know, some frittatas afterwards or something. But in my case, I've already found the woman. So I know who I'll be getting engaged to. It's just that I haven't, you know, popped the question. Does she listen but, uh, to this podcast? Does she know that you're no, dragging she does your feet? not. Actually, actually, <laughs> she does now. I told oh, her about it just yeah. recently, actually. So she'll, she'll find out one way or the other. And she kind of, I think, already knows. It's just a matter of, you know, making the decision and finding the right moment to do it. But 2022 was the year of actually making sure that that was the right person and knowing the way I think I really wanted Did to. Did she pass a time. test? Because people that listen oh, yeah. to Jonathan's very much very process and systems oriented and has a lot of checklists. So I, I, yeah. I assume you had had a very high, high bar she has to, to yeah. go over. So I passed her through the checklist on day one, literally, just to make sure that this was <laughs> the right person. So I don't waste time. And then after that, I was just making sure that, you know, my initial impression was, was still correct. And so far, and now it's Duffy say actually after all this time that it's Duffy the person. Yeah. You know what? And for people that don't know, we did a podcast on this, but the first time Jonathan and I met, I already had growth hemp for two years and I was hiring for a junior yeah. role. And Jonathan was following the newsletter. He's hey, we should talk. He's like, but I might not be right for the junior role. So he came into the office where I was going to interview him. And within seven minutes, all of a sudden I'm on the hot seat and he's grilling me. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here so i assume that's how the first date went so yeah i need, I need the to first talk date to, and every date since like. is just yeah <laughs> machine gun questions pretty much yeah oh that's <laughs> trying amazing. to figure out who the person is yeah all right so you but you got pretty close on your personal goals but i think our what other business goals did you have that we didn't hit on so the biggest business goal was really getting that first product I service to 1 million. As you said, one day design was both of our goals. One day design was actually started after that. So it was still very much like an embryo when we were having that conversation. And then we, uh, we took it to, to where it is now, 100,000 without any marketing efforts, without really identifying the main persona and things like that. So I still consider that a huge success. Zero to one is the biggest um, hurdle. After this, it's more scaling and finding systems and process to get it to seven figures. And I think that's definitely doable in 2023. You know what? That's a good point. That really should have been the goal is this idea of zero to one, proving traction, proving product market fit, getting over that yeah. first plateau. Now it's a second plateau of like repeatable, scalable growth that aligns with the business model. And that should be the goal. But I do having a line in the sand being like 1 million, let's go. That's the number. But, but you're exactly right. 
Yeah. And uh, it's it's interesting. I think this 1 million, I think we'll get past it. I don't want to like brag in this early and maybe don't want to regret listening to this podcast at the end of 2023, but knowing like what our biggest priorities are going into this new year, I feel like one day design is going to be right up there with growth hit. We'll get the necessary attention, you know, investment, you know, resources and, and everything like that. So I'll, I think we'll get it to to seven, seven figures. That's, I can confidently say that. I well, it's my rock and our EOS framework. So you're putting pressure on me, but, but I'm down. All right, let's look at 2023. So I'll rattle off my goals for 2023. Where I really want to spend time though, is, is how we pull them off one and two, what are we going to do to like change our behavior or keep doing or stop doing to make it happen? Cause I'm a little frustrated with myself and, and how I'm maximizing my time. So I'll, I'll start on the business ones and then you can do your business one. So I've got growth hit to 4 million in sales, one day design to seven figures, handsome chaos. We're launching in February, hopefully. It might be extended to March, but I want to get that to 250K. And we're prepared to do the inventory to make that happen. Email newsletter, let's keep it that same number of 10,000. Podcast, I want to double the amount of download listens we get per episode. And so I'll be getting over 1,000. And then these ones, I think it's good to have goals that aren't quantifiable, but are just kind of fun. So these are kind of connected. I'll let you hit on it because I'm kind of stealing your thunder, but... I want to pull off a marketing stunt and I want to be in the headline of a major publication, obviously for good reasons. I mean, we could always try and do some embezzlement <laughs> and accelerate that one, but let's go for some good reasons. And I, I won't even pitch some ideas to you on how we do that, but I'll let you go down your path of your business goals. Yeah, it's so actually one of the goals that I had for 2022, which I kind of forgot to mention earlier, was creating something, a brand content site of some sort. Funnel teardowns is something I was working on for like several years ago. Didn't get the love and attention it required. And I wanted to refocus my attention. Damn Good Marketing became that brand. It was an incubation for at least, I'd say, three quarters of the year. Really took off in the last quarter, maybe last third of the year. And has you know accumulated over 20,000, I think close to 20,000 followers, over a million views and things like that. But there are other accounts that I want to grow. Just building the muscle of promoting the content that I put out. I think is a powerful skill and something that I think is is going to be one of the biggest priorities for this year, no questions asked. But going back to your point, Jim, like marketing stunt, doing something bold, I think we we kind of do ourselves a big disservice by kind of narrowing our focus to things we think we're capable of doing now. But if we kind of broaden our horizons a little bit, think think backwards with where we from where we want to be doing that thing that could be like very high effort, might take a long time, but is worth it. We're going to put our effort somewhere anyway. Why not put it on something that is going to give us the results we want in, you know, at some reasonable time? And this is, there's a, there's a heuristic, a mental heuristic that Jim, Tim Ferriss uses, which is if you were to achieve your goal and you only had a six month runway, like what would you do? What drastic actions would you take? And the whole point of that framing is, what is the drastic action you take? Because most people are linear thinkers. They'll think of a sequence of steps that they have to do, which will kind of, which will a very long date the, the completion of that goal. But if there's a, an aggressive six month timeline, you're going to take actions that you never thought were possible. 
You're going to contact the people you never thought were possible. You're going to go invest in things that you never thought were possible. So it just forces you to rethink your entire strategy. And I think that's something we should definitely employ here because working in an agency and you know, running growth hit and one day design, especially when we're in the numbers and thinking of incremental gains all the time, we can easily lose the forest for the trees, lose the bigger picture and get, you know, just incrementally improve ourselves when there's actually something larger out there for us to tackle. So that goes back to that whole marketing stunt and that bold, you know, bold step forward that we can take, but that's still undecided. I don't know what it is, but I just think we should be thinking in that direction for sure. I, I totally agree. And I, we're going to talk about themes for the year and you're hitting on one that I'm like chomping at the bit to talk about, but <clears throat> but we'll come back to it because I actually think we're limiting ourselves as we put our own constraints on what we're trying to do. I actually don't think I'm thinking big enough, but yeah. What, what else do you have on the business front before we get to the personal goals? Um, yeah, so it's building the brand. One other thing that I, one skill set that I desperate to develop is the ability to cold outreach successfully. I feel this is a skill set. This is not just works for growth aid or one day design or our, our immediate goals and objectives, but just having that skill set, the ability to, you know, properly target the person, send out the right type of messaging, follow-ups and things like that, I think is, is a useful skill that is often overlooked. But with, I mean, that's how we met. It was cold outreach, right? So I feel these cold out. It's, it's very, it's very, it's, it demands a lot of effort, but it's, it's low risk and infinite upside if it's done properly. So I feel like it's worth the effort, however long it takes. Today's episode is brought to you by inside.com. Are you a founder, marketer, or executive that's looking for the next untapped social channel? Then look no further. Seriously, this one just launched and it's already getting insane traffic. It's like the website love child of Reddit and Twitter, but for business. I love it because it's the social news site and community site that actually cuts through the noise, unlike other platforms. I can discover content from other founders, plus it's a great place to share my own thoughts with professionals. I'm actually starting to get a little bit of traffic from it. For me, I like the topics feature because I can easily jump into Inside. I can filter by startup content, e-commerce content, or marketing content to find things to help me learn or to help me make my own business decisions. Plus, they host AMAs. That means ask me anything so you can connect with other like-minded professionals. It's more than just news. It's an efficient way to grow your network with impressive business minds. I was sold on them because of the team behind it, Alex and Jason. This is the brainchild of Jason Kalkanis. He's one of the hosts of my favorite podcast, The All In Podcast. He's an icon in the business world, the startup world, and he knows content. So you know the quality's there. Last, you might want to grab your inside URL before someone else does. Luckily, I got Jim Huffman before my nemesis in Minnesota got it. If you want to connect with me, go to inside.com, search my name, and let's chat. I'd love to know what you think of the podcast or what you think of Inside. Let me know what you think. You know what? I didn't put that on there. Is what's a new skill I want to get? Because one thing that's interesting about having a business is you grow, you need to fire yourself from one thing and then take on a new skill to either know how to delegate it, manage it, or run it. And I I think I need to be a little bit more intentional with that. And for me, it actually aligns with yours is content creation and distribution. I think we're good, but not great at all. And I think there's yeah. there, there's a there's a black belt level in that 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 we're not even 
scratching the surface at. But the, anyway, that just kind of got me thinking. On, on on the personal side, I'll rattle off mine. Um, we talked about this. There's a, I want to do four, in quotes, epic family trip this year because there's this quote that once your kids leave the house after 18, you will have spent 80% of your time with them at that point. And it's, that's terrifying. And by the time they're over 13, they just want to hang out with their friends. So you basically have until they're 12 to be maybe cool in their eyes. So that's a lot of dang pressure on a dad trying, oh, you like I've got six more years with my almost six-year-old. So I'm like, all right, I want to do four epic family trips to create memories. Another one is I call it dad university, where it's like homeschooling, but from a bootstrap founder's perspective, where I want to teach them the basics, you know, how to launch an e-product, how to design a website how to not get picked up by a picked up artist who's actually a douchebag. Teach them how to make an amazing toasted peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You know, the the, the core things. And so I, I did reading lessons with my oldest every night this, this past year, or basically three times a, a week. And so I'm trying to keep that going. So it's 15 minutes of dad, you. I want to keep the two date nights per month with the wife. I did 77 training sessions last year. I want to try and do 150 this year. One shared experience with each kid where I'm doing like one-on-one time with them, like basketball or ballet. And then I want to keep it up of reading two books per month because I kind of fall into the path of podcasts. So anyone that's listening to this, yeah, I do the same. So I try and always have a book. So during the week before I jump into the online podcast or my first million, I'm like, okay, let me, let me try and listen to a book for 15 minutes before I, I do the tried and true podcast. But, but those are the, the things that I have on the, the personal front. That's awesome. And actually, just to, to go a bit further on your goal, Jim, of you'll only, I think by the time they're 18, your kids, you, you'd have spent 80% of the time you ever spend with them. There's this interesting, I don't know if you've seen it, a life calendar by the guy behind Wait But Why. Forget Tim Urban is his name. Tim Urban, yeah. Now, yeah, now ridiculously popular where you get to actually visualize how long your life is. And the essentially like the the period you spend with your kids until they hit 18. And that just makes it more visual and powerful, but just wanted to call that out. No, I I should get that. I just feel like if I had that in my background and I'm like drinking my protein shade, talking about my (laughs) podcast, I just become that life hacking bro, which I'm kind of a closet one, but maybe I can get one I can hide that people can't see. So yeah. Yeah, they're definitely a big thing now. But going back to my personal goals, so obviously the big one I think here, not big one, but they're all, I'd say, like equally important is one, getting engaged. The other one is, I don't think I've told you this one, is I've been a big follower and like I, I'm essentially part of the FIRE movement that's financially independent, retire early. And the whole concept, one thing that most people don't understand is you can start from zero, literally. And in seven years, if you have a 50% savings rate, you're essentially, you have reached fire. So, or you're, you know, financially independent. So that's something that I've definitely been working on and pretty much very close to the finish line and something that I'm very, you know, happy to hopefully, you know, reach. The other one is- And and sorry, just to double down on the fire, for people that want to learn more, there's the- the like fat fire. There's a lot of Reddit threads that talk about this, where you can put enough money away where you could, if you're like making 7% return on your money and you pull out 3% that you can live off of, 
then you can retire and, and be good. And I think that's super fun and aspirational. However, you're not allowed to retire until we hit some of our yeah. goals. So anyway, continue. The funny thing is the people who actually hit fire don't retire. It's not about retirement. It's more of the financial independence, the freedom that comes with that, not about retirement. I mean, no one wants to retire in the mid thirties and kind of veer, like, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? Especially in this day and age where people are expected to live to 90 plus. So uh, yeah, it's more about the FI rather than the RE in this uh, equation. But absolutely, yeah, that's and then M- Mr. Money Mustache out says another one, another big one worth checking out. He's definitely, I think, one of the most important people. God, and I love that name. He just nailed yeah. it. Yeah, that's. I haven't read that one in a while though. I need to go there. Yeah, absolutely. And then so one big one for me is like getting engaged. Very near that, I think. I don't have a, a date or anything like that. And I know that she listens to this now, so I don't want to hot air this. balloon. I think you go hot air balloon because she's in the air. She's going to be a little scared and want to get down. So she'll say whatever she needs to say to get off of that thing. So I think that's the move, and that you'll probably get a yes. I have a fear of heights, and I've seen a few TikToks <laughs> of hot air balloons combusting in like midair. So. Mm-hmm. I, I get what can you're I approve? Say, but, yeah. Can I approve what you do? Let's do another. Let's do a follow up podcast on this. I've got some ideas. This could be your marketing stunt. So we'll we'll yeah. we'll combine it. <laughs> and then the the other one is the blue belt again. Early January, I feel that's going to happen. So I'm very excited about that. But yeah, those are I'd say the big personal ones. The other ones, it's really just you know habits that like I might have one and you have it that I'm trying to set. So for example, one thing that I'm trying to do is get in a 30 minute walk every morning type of thing. But that's, those are things that I, I add in every now and again. And I, I am very good at setting a habit as a goal and quickly, you know, making it a part of me. So I haven't added any of those here. I actually think the habits are the most interesting thing to me because the habits are what lead to the goal that you want to get, right? And I actually was yeah. rereading Atomic Habits this year because I, I remember the first time I read that and you finish it, you're just, you're, it's like when after you finish the four hour work week, you're on this mini high, you're like, that's it. I'm habit stacking everything in my life. And I kind of lost that honeymoon feeling of Atomic Habits and I was rereading it because that that's kind of what I'm thinking through. So let, let's get into that first. Goal setting, dumb, right? It's like we do this and then we don't hit them. Like, why do we keep going in this cycle? That's why I'm like, okay, is it more about focusing on the habits and the input to pull this off? So we're not like, oh, let's go back to what we did for 2023. As we look at 2024, we didn't hit these again. Let's just copy and paste. So like, is is this pointless? Absolutely not. You know, actually speaking of habits, Tiny Habits, it's a book by a Stanford professor. I'm forgetting his name. BJ Fogg, I think is his his name. One of the best books I've read on it. And the whole point is like, how do you create a tiny habit that's doable? Like no excuse, you're always going to do it. So you create the identity and it kind of atomic habits also hits on this. You create the identity first. And once you're that person, you can scale. Most people take on too much, especially not just too much of one, but then too much of one plus other, other habits that they're all trying to do simultaneously. And that's impossible. You're set up to fail and you can fail only a few times before you lose confidence in the entire process and setting goals and set it and doing those habits. And if you feel that enough times, you'll, you know, you build that reputation with yourself that will prevent you from, from doing it in the future. That's one thing I've noticed with myself. So it's always tiny is the way to go. Impossible for you to not do it, essentially. It's at that level. I think the example he gives is, and I think James Clear also uses this as like, how do you floss one tooth instead of flossing all your teeth? Yeah. It's that small. And in terms of goals, the best book I've ever read in my life, and I've read a lot, is The One Thing 
It's how do you pick the one thing that makes everything else unnecessary or almost like unnecessary or not even important. Like it's just you've done that one thing that matters and it kind of takes care of everything else. And, and it forces you to think a lot uh, about what that thing is. And they have a system built into that. So you're tracking that goal over time and you're trying to convert the main components of that goal into habits. So if your goal is to reach you know, the best shape ever, there are 10 habits probably in there that make that goal possible. And you need to identify the first one, make that a reality and, and stack, stack those um, accordingly. But that's the best book I've come across, the one that really changed my way and my, the, the system and, and that I set up goals. And I just like the entire framework and the tracking tools that they have, the 411, the GPS. We've actually even used this gym internally mm-hmm. for, for tackling some of our goals. So big fan of that methodology. I'm going to put all those in the show notes. I'm actually reread the one thing because I think that's it's, it's perfect timing. So yeah. l- let's let's talk about themes for the year because I've had the theme before where it was no, where I'd say no to things and I failed at that. I said yes to no or no to yeah, no to no. And so maybe that did kind of work. But one thing that I'm thinking through, let me kind of preface this. I heard someone speak on Tuesday in this little entrepreneurship group that I'm in. This guy, Will Hughes, remember that name. In two years, he will be a New York Times bestselling author. He will be introducing a framework that will be at the level of James Clear and GTD. He has something called Liquid Mind that he just presented it at, at Oxford. Private equity firms hire him, pay him boatloads of money to use this framework on startups. And it is transformative. I just got a, a tease of it. And he has a course, one that's free, one that's premium. And I'm trying to get him on the podcast to, to give a little bit of it. But there's a few things. There's a lot to it. But at a high level, one thing that he prompts you with is like people put their own constraints on their mind and their ability. You need to think bigger. So what if Growth Hit was a billion-dollar company? What if One Day Design was a billion-dollar company? What would that look like? What would have to happen? And he's like, to have bigger, crazy things, you need to think differently, right? And he gives all these frameworks on how to think differently. And one of them that really stuck with me was this idea of, okay, what is undervalued and what is overvalued? And are you really understanding what's undervalued and can you go there? And two classic examples are Moneyball, where if you're a baseball team, it's re- the, the payroll setup is crazy. The Yankees have 10x what like the Oakland A's have. And what's overvalued? It's a six foot two slugger that can hit home runs and people will overpay for those people. But what's undervalued is the, the chubby guy who's really good at hitting singles. What's overvalued is the guy that can throw the 100-mile-per-hour fastball. What's undervalued is the sidearm person. And so they found what he called oddities. And if you get enough of these oddities to find the, the kind of asymmetric balance of what's undervalued and undervalued, you all of a sudden create something that can have this crazy unfair advantage. And so he gave another example where he analyzed all these D2C companies and startups, like what's overvalued, what's undervalued. I almost don't want to say this because we're part of what's overvalued, but it's overpaying expensive ad agencies. People will just throw money at that. But then he saw this example of, hey, you know what's actually undervalued? Phenomenal copywriting. Phenomenal copywriting. Imagine if instead of paying some agency 20K a month just to manage your ads, 
you got the world, like you could pay one person 20K to write a headline or to write one campaign. Like what would that do? I mean, he gave an amazing example of like, that's essentially what Geico did was let's overinvest in phenomenal copywriting. And so he talks about this framework of what's undervalued versus overvalued, how to look for these oddities, and then how you need to look at these things that are undervalued or overvalued from different perspectives. And I, I don't want to hit on the next one because it hits on his paid course. But because I'd want his permission, but he gives this framework where he talks about to get creative ideas, you have to tap into your subconscious. And it's a framework that was used by Einstein, by Edison, by Jobs. And it's 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 a it's a way in which you you go to sleep and wake up every day. So I want to get his permission before I, I get into it. But it it it, it blew my mind and in this framework. And so it made me think, what are we undervaluing that we do really well? And what are we overvaluing? And just how I, I can think different and how we stop problem solve. Because, and we even do this with our, our clients where it's like, oh, you're SaaS, you're DTC, here's a try and true thing that is done. And that makes sense. But what, what are some other ways to be creative about it? So this idea of undervalued versus overvalued is something that I want to focus on next year. Oh man, that sounds so good. And by the way, it's one of the best pitches I've ever heard for him. He should probably take this like last, <laughs> I don't know, minute or so and use that for his promotional material. But yeah, it's just, I always encounter, and this happens maybe three or four times a year, not very often, but a few thought leaders or ideas that are complete paradigm shifts. It just completely blows up your previous way of thinking and forces you to think in a new way, a radical new way. Like Alex Ramosi with Offers is probably, I think, one of the last people who, who did that. And I think this definitely sounds like that as well. And uh, I'm going definitely be taking that course for sure, if it's available. And this is Will Hughes, you said? Did I hear that? Will before? Hughes. The course is like 5K. It's not cheap. But uh, absolutely worth it. Yeah. his hit list of what he's done, and I don't know if I can even mention the brands, but he's got this hit list of 10 brands that he 10 xed by doing this. And so, um, yeah, this dude's about to blow up. So I'm I'm trying to like, you know, it's like when you used to steal music from Napster, when you find a band before everybody else. And big shout out to Adam Weiler, who entered, he had him come speak. I, I, this dude's about to blow up and I, I cannot wait to see what he does. But yeah, so that that's one thing that I'm thinking through. The other theme that I've been thinking about a bunch is if it doesn't have a system, it's not happening. And we've had really good success where like with one day design, oh, let's do a design in a day. But first, let's build out the machine to make that happen. Let's build out the system. Because if there's a system, it's repeatable and scalable and you can kind of put gasoline on the fire to amplify it. So it's not about creating something or building something. It's putting a machine or system to it. Then it really happens and it works. So it's not sexy or exciting, but it's overemphasizing building the machine process and system that would kind of help create these goals we want to accomplish. Yeah. In terms of, of themes, like the think bigger one is, is I can't, I can't think of anything else that beats that, to be honest, because everything else really lives underneath this one. It's the one thing, again, if you're going back to that whole one thing framework that if you were to do could completely change the business, could completely change our lives, could completely change our careers, everything falls underneath that whole thinking bigger one. So I feel like everything else is almost like a sub theme of that to some extent. But yeah, that's that's my my thought on that. Nice. And then the only other one, like now that we're hitting 30 people, we have so many smart, talented people. I'll start doing something. And I think to myself, who can do this better than me? 
And it's almost before I take action, I should delegate so I can elevate somebody to get more experience, to take a more senior role or responsibility. And now I'm starting to look at my two to-dos before I do something like, wait, who could do this better and empower them? And that way, the one thing that I'm doing is unique to me and what I should be focusing on. I mean, I, I stole it from the traction playbook of an elevate, but it's another theme I'm trying to lean into as we have a bigger team. Yeah, I think there, you know, the four D's do defer, delegate and delete. It's you, it forces you to really identify the only, the few things only you can do and then deprioritize the things or delay the things that you mean, that's not that important now and then delegate and delete the rest. And I find that system or framework to be like the the quickest way to dramatically reduce any to-do list and force you to delegate to people. Oh, that's a good one. I don't think I've heard that one. Okay. Yeah. You know what I think we should do as well? We should mm-hmm. do another podcast where we're like, just break down like 20 amazing startups or ideas that that we're watching for in 2023. Because I feel like with damn good marketing, the amount of reps you're getting and seeing what's out there, I'm a little jealous. Yeah. You're running circles around me with how much you're processing right now because of that project. Yeah, it's been a forcing function. It's forced me to to study what other people are doing and always keep an eye on it. At least keep an eye on the resources that are sharing the information about the best marketing that's happening out there, or at least the most notable one, not necessarily the best one. But it's yeah, it's definitely been a wonderful education that I've kind of forced myself to get. Nice. Well, cool, man. Well, anything else to close out our 2023 goals now that we're, we're documenting it and making it official? Man, kind of nervous. And these are definitely big ones and very public at that as well. So it's going to be quite embarrassing if we miss any of these. But <laughs> if we hit the one that I think we definitely need to hit is that whole thinking bigger concept, mm-hmm. especially because this is like something we've discussed in the past. I know it's a mutual goal, but unfortunately, when you get stuck in the weeds with growth, hit, with home design studio and things like that, we can kind of lose sight of the bigger picture. And I think one of us Ideally, both of us should always have eyes on that, the larger prize for sure. Yeah, we yeah we need to like push ourselves to do that in our one-on-ones each week because it's so easy to get caught up in the whirlwind of the day-to-day and and, and yeah. think through the big goals. Well, cool, man. Well, we'll 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 head done on this and put it out there. So we'll it's it's all done now. So it's it's that easy. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Jim. Looking forward to twenty twenty three. give a few plugs. First, I send a weekly newsletter each Thursday featuring five articles or tools that have helped me. You can sign up for these weekly updates at jimwhuffman.com. Second, for anyone running a startup, if you need help growing your business, check out Growth Hit. Growth Hit serves as your external growth team. After working with over 100 startups and generating a quarter billion in sales for clients, GrowthIt has perfected a growth process that's hell-bent on driving ROI through rapid experiments. Plus, you'll get to work with yours truly. So if you want to work with a team that's worked with startups that have been funded by Andreessen Horowitz or featured on Shark Tank, then check out GrowthHit.com. And finally, I wrote a book called The Growth Marketer's Playbook that takes everything I've learned as a growth mentor for venture-backed startups, and I've distilled it down to 140 pages. So instead of hiring a growth team, save yourself some money, get the book, and you can just do it yourself. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'd love to hear feedback. I'm on Twitter at Jim W. Huffman.
Today's episode is brought to you by Inside.com. Are you a founder, marketer, or executive that's looking for the next untapped social channel? Then look no further. Seriously, this one just launched and it's already getting insane traffic. It's like the website love child of Reddit and Twitter, but for business. I love it because it's the social news site and community site that actually cuts through the noise, unlike other platforms. I can discover content from other founders, plus it's a great place to share my own thoughts with professionals. I'm actually starting to get a little bit of traffic from it. For me, I like the topics feature because I can easily jump into Inside. I can filter by startup content, e-commerce content, or marketing content to find things to help me learn or to help me make my own business decisions. Plus, they host AMAs. That means ask me anything so you can connect with other like-minded professionals. It's more than just news. It's an efficient way to grow your network with impressive business minds. I was sold on them because of the team behind it, Alex and Jason. This is the brainchild of Jason Kalkanis. He's one of the hosts of my favorite podcast, The All In Podcast. He's an icon in the business world, the startup world, and he knows content. So you know the quality's there. Last, you might want to grab your inside URL before someone else does. Luckily, I got Jim Huffman before my nemesis in Minnesota got it. If you want to connect with me, go to inside.com, search my name, and let's chat. I'd love to know what you think of the podcast or what you think of Insight. Let me know what you think.